0: Thank you.
1: to grocery stores and actually touching things before we put them in our cart when life returns more to normal than ever before, because there are some people who have worked very hard to keep our spiritual lives fed during the last year plus a few months. So please do that as your heart is inspired to do that. All ladies, you know who you are. Wednesday, June 9th, that is just around the corner, three days from now, you are going to meet at the Flipside Restaurant. You meet at the church at 11 o'clock because parking there is limited. And I assume you're going to eat together, right, Hope? And chat. If if you're going to go to the flip side on Wednesday at 11, please raise your hand. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Now you can do that too. Thanks, Hope. (laughs) July 4th cookout, there is a sign-up sheet for that out in the narthex. Uh, electronic giving, there has been a number change or there will be right now. We have a seven digit code that we push in there, but the, the phone companies are doing away with that and going to a uh, regular 10 number uh, digit. So please be aware of that. The information for that is in the bulletin for today. Young at Hearts. Rock Hill Diner, Friday, June 18th at 11.30. That one's coming up as well. Morning handbells. Anybody interested who's never been before, you're welcome. Anyone who used to play in the morning bells and would like to again, you're welcome. And the only thing that you need to do either one, either group is to let Dallas know. So he'll know how many people he can rely upon. A couple of other things. Annual conference begins today. Clergy session is at two. Uh, Fran, are you here? Where are you, Fran? Do, um, yeah, you're usually over there. You're tricky today. Uh, Does the laity have a session today? ordination service is tonight at 7 it's my favorite worship service of the conference it, it's just spectacular to see who's giving their lives and I think I've told you before Sissy watches it and cries and thinks oh those people have no clue what they're getting into <laughs> and I sit there with tears going down my face saying, thinking. They do know what they're getting into, and they're doing it anyway. What what faithful! It's it's just to me a, a very touching service. Uh, all the reports have been pre-recorded. They can be found on the United Methodist website, umcsc.org, United Methodist Church South Carolina.org, just with initials. Also, Wayne. I I believe you have something to offer to Steve Nyberg. So, Steve, you need to come forward also. Am I live?
0: Parker? Parker?
1: You'd think our media guy would know how to turn on a microphone, (laughs) Wayne. No?
2: No? Yeah. You want to use can't do any. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, okay, I will talk loud, um, fir- first off, I want to thank again, once again, the church for um, supporting the audiovisual project, uh, we were, we've come a long way from where we were. We're at a point now; we can start training. We know enough to be dangerous that so we're ready to start training some people. So, if you'd like to help us out, please, please do and volunteer for us. Um, one of the one of the goals I had set when I went to church council with the project was I wanted to have the project paid off by March, and um, we did have approval and funding granted to us by March that would have completed the entire project. But unfortunately, with delays, we finally got the check this past week. So, I'd like to present this to Steve Nyberg um, for our final payment on the entire project so it was now 100% paid off. <laughs> A few months late, but it um, wasn't, our, wasn't our doing to cause it. Uh, the second thing is I would like to ask you to please continue to contribute to the AV fund in your giving. Uh, we will have continuous things with either upgrading equipment or subscriptions that we use for streaming or graphics, whatever um, the software we use for the slide, present slides are in church. We will have ongoing expenses every year. So please continue thinking about that. If you like what you see, making a small donation when you give your giving to the AV fund, and I appreciate it very much. Thank you.
1: And two things, just so you know, that that check was for $12,000 from the Blaine Trust and also Wayne was the one very, very primarily responsible for that. So another person to thank when you find the time. Are there other announcements, Harry? Thank you. Okay, Peggy, why don't you come to this microphone so everybody can hear you? Well, the ones at home.
3: basic information in the bulletin. But how many people are going, Harry, from Aldersgate? Four? four, uh, Mike and I, and Griffin and Carson. Mike, Sturkey, Harry Gibson, and who else? Uh, Griffin and Carson
0: Hollingsworth.
3: Griffin and Carson Hollingsworth are going. And they are going to, Well, we want to support them in any way that they need, and it's not tools like it was at one time. It's going to be uh, monetary contributions, so just remember that in the few weeks to come and keep them when they go in your prayers and uh, wish them good work.
1: Sissy asked me to thank you for all the cards, letters, love and care that came in all sorts of forms from you. Thank you so much. This has been a week for both of us where we might be willing to go through another year of COVID if we could have avoided it. Uh, Sissy had a, a lumpectomy and had to wait around for results. Her mom died. Actually, her mom was resurrected and there were a lot of joyful stories shared, but it's still a difficult time. My parents, we had our inurnment for them on Friday. And, and so that brought up a lot of emotions for both of us. And uh, the neat thing there was they, were they had both been cremated, but they were living in different places. And so they were reunited on their wedding anniversary. So uh, there, there was uh, some, some moments in there to praise, and uh, your, your prayers were uh, a great help and a great strength for both of us. So thank you for that very, very much. Let us stand for the lighting of the candles. been one of those who have been so faithful during the the months of COVID to be here almost every Sunday and even during special services and not only that she's been faithful to bring her parents to church (laughs) and we're grateful to her for all of that Uh, let us with great praise in our hearts for the Lord our God Say together the words of our call to worship. And not just say them, but pray them. Christ Jesus, King Jesus, who has been given all authority and power over this world and the world to come, come and rule in our lives, in our hearts, in our words and deeds. Everything has been placed under your wounded feet once crowned with thorns but now crowned with glory may we come into your presence with singing may we serve you with gladness christ our king amen difficult, sometimes many of them in a row. I kept thinking of the words of the Apostles' Creed, no matter what, I still believe, and those beliefs truly do sustain us in difficult days. I believe in God, God, the Father Father Almighty, Almighty, maker of heaven and and earth I invite Miss Audrey and the children to come forward.
4: Still going, still going. I know, it hurts, doesn't it? It really hurts. If it wasn't for COVID, we would already be out of school. do it can't wait. Two more weeks we can See, and then and then it's like shoo, going down the slide, isn't it? Well, that's great. Okay, there are times when I like to do something special. To let people know that I'm thinking about them. Um, it, like Sometimes I like to just cut some flowers and put some flowers on a teacher's desk that I know is going through a hard time. Or a phone call or a text message or a card through the mail. Just to let someone know that I'm thinking of them. Okay, People love flowers. I love flowers. They brighten up your day to have some flowers on your desk okay that's a nice way to show someone that you care about them and you love them do you know what's better though we've talked about this before okay it's better to show our love for someone by the nice things that we do for them each and every day when someone is sick a visit from a friend might do more than a dose of medicine. When someone is sad or having a bad day, sometimes a smile or a quick hello can brighten their day. Have you ever been sitting beside someone that's all alone? Who doesn't, or have you really seen anybody that sits by themselves or plays by themselves and doesn't seem to have many friends? If you sat down and talked to them, you might just find out. That you have a lot in common with them and it would also make them feel like someone cared about them a simple act of kindness can say a lot even more than a gift Jesus was always kind and helpful to the people he met one day he was in the home of Simon Peter Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a fever Jesus went into the room where she was and took her by the hand and helped her out of bed. When Jesus touched her, her fever left her immediately. Later that evening, people brought everyone who was sick and those that were demon-possessed so that Jesus could heal them. The Bible says that the whole town gathered around outside the door. Jesus healed the sick and drove out evil spirits. Jesus showed his love by caring for those who needed his healing touches. And that's just one of the many stories in the Bible about Jesus healing people that were sick. The next time you want to let someone know how much you care about them, remember, We can show others we care, not just by sending flowers and gifts, but by showing simple acts of kindness each and every day, just like Jesus did. Can we bow our heads and close our hands for a short prayer? Dear Jesus, you showed us so much about how to love. May we follow your example each and every day, and show our love by simple acts of kindness toward others. And all the children said, Amen.
0: Tis the old ship of Zion.
1: This is the length of the prayer requests for service. Uh, My personal one's much longer. I say that. I hope yours is too. I hope when you hear who's requested prayers, who needs prayer, who's going to get prayer, whether they want it or not, I hope you write their names down. I, I hope you share those names with the Lord and do it together. Uh, I love the verse wherever two or three are gathered together in his name. Well, we gather together in prayer and what a privilege it is. Phyllis and Don, Stan and Sharon, Sue's son really does need extra uh, attention in prayer. We're still praying for David Griggs and his family um, because those days are long and filled with good memories and hard memories too. Lisa Allen and her family, same reason. For Betty Evans, brother Dwight and and the, the whole family there. For Robin Farrington, how are you feeling? Is, is Bruce been very attentive? Uh, never mind. Don't not yeah. in the sanctuary. She says yes. It's like sh- don't ever ask a question you don't already know the answer to. Uh, for Bob's great great grandson Saw- Sawyer, five weeks old, six weeks old now. Um, also a praise for Bob's great great granddaughter born during those five weeks for Barbara Powell's niece, Sherry, and for Nancy and all our shut-ins and all their caregivers. Are there others you would like us to name before the Lord together? Hope. Thank you. That uh, Parker's last aunt, uh, uh, his last aunt (laughs) was resurrected. I I was going to put this in a devotional, but I'll I'll share it now. In, In our family, we're going to the reunion, which is always on July 4th. And there has been a tradition of the head of all the different lines of the family sit in chairs up front and everyone stands behind them. And oh, I was so proud that day when my father sat in that chair and then I realized he doesn't go back to the back line and start again. There's only one way out of that chair. And, and, you know, it it just hits you in a strange way when you realize you're, you're moving up. Uh, you're next. And so celebrate family while you can. Harry?
3: Our service people, uh, Garrett, Matt, uh, Haley, and Michael, they are.
1: Good. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes, sir. Michael. Thank you. I heard a voice from back here. Phil. For your sister, Phil, yes. Thank you. Bob. For Cindy. We've been praying for Cindy for a while, and let's continue to do so. Anyone else? Let us pray. Lord Jesus, Savior, abiding presence, teach us to trust. Help us to focus on what lies ahead. And by your merciful forgiveness, help us to forget what lies behind. Remind us that our sins are forgiven when we cry out to you. Teach us the way we should go. Teach us to trust that we are always in your care, even when we can't see it, even when we can't understand it. Teach us that we need not fear, for the Lord our God is with us. That it is your peace that will keep our hearts and minds safe. When we are weary, show us again that you share our burdens and that our weakness is a time to give witness to your strength. For pastors moving and churches receiving new faces and a new parsonage family, the change can be overwhelming. Remind us that you are the same no matter the place, no matter the situation, no matter the time. Teach us to lean on you and not upon our own understanding. When our lives get hectic and we don't know how we are going to get through the chaos and heartache, be our solid rock, our cornerstone, our sure foundation, our fortress, and our strong deliverer. So many people face uncertainty every day as they do the work of protecting and healing and restoring our community. May they discover the wind of your spirit blowing in their lives, strengthening them in every time of need. Hold them up. Lord Jesus, it seems that everything around us is changing. Masks are coming down, but violence is going up. Generosity is rising, but cooperation is falling. The world so desperately needs you to usher peace into our hearts, to replace anger and hatred with joy and love, to exchange uncertainty and doubt with faith and belief in our God, who promises to be with us always. With such a message filling our hearts, what more could we possibly need? With us always, with us always. Lord Jesus, we pray for that glorious word to settle in our hearts. For with you, all things are possible. With you, there is justice and there is peace. We pray for our church leaders, especially as we enter annual conference, that they will respond with compassion and holy courage to all things that concern your holy body. Be their blessing and their guide, inspire them, grant them your holy truth. Remind us too, great and almighty God, that we are free to pray this prayer only because of the cost others were willing to pay. Hear our prayers for students and teachers and all who work in our schools. May they enter a time of rest, relaxation, and recreation with your help. Hear our prayers for others. We place them in your loving and gracious hands. Abide with us, saving Lord, and hear our prayer, the prayer you still teach us to pray in the power of your Holy Spirit, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
5: Our psalter this morning is from Psalm 138.
0: I sing your praise for steadfast love. Fill your promise
5: I give you thanks, O Lord. With my whole heart, before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward
0: your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and faithfulness.
5: For you have exalted your name and your word above everything.
0: On the day I called, you answered me, you strengthened my life.
5: shall praise you, O Lord. For they have heard the words of your mouth. And they shall sing of the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. For the Lord is high, but regards the lowly. Yet knows the haughty from afar. of trouble, you preserve my life.
0: You stretch out your hand against the wrath of
5: my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. O Lord, fulfill your purpose for me. O Lord, may your
0: steadfast love endure forever. Do not forsake the works of your hand.
5: this morning is from 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 4 through 20. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramoth and said to him, You are old, and your sons do not follow in your ways. Appoint for us, then, a king to govern us, like other nations. But the thing displays, displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to govern us. Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them, just as they have done to to me from the day I brought them up out of Egypt to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so also they are doing to you. Now then... Listen to their voice only. You shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So Samuel reported all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots and he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and fifties, and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest, and to make his implements of war, and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his courtiers. He will take one-tenth of your grain and of your vineyards, and give it to his officers and his courtiers. He will take your male and female slaves and the best of your cattle and donkeys and put them to his work. He will take one-tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day you will cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day but the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel they said no but we are determined to have a king over us so that we also may be like the na- other nations and that our king may govern us and go out before us and fight our battles this is the word of the lord for the people of god Thanks. Thanks be-
1: Lord, when change is coming too fast, or when change is coming too slow, let us hear you say in our hearts, all things in my time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is moving time in the conference, at least it's getting close. And no, as far as I know, Sissy and I are not moving. Of course, bishops have been known to make last minute appointments, and this has been a very strange appointment year as it is. So we will all have to wait together and see. But moving time is fast approaching, and it is a difficult time. For congregations, it can be difficult. What's the new person going to be like? How old are they? Married, single, married again, single again? Any kids? How old? When I came, Linda was the SPRC chair. Oh, boy, is she a glutton for punishment. She's again the SPRC chair. She can tell you how difficult it is. There is a cost to receiving a pastor. The parsonage gets a thorough overhaul. That's a lot of work and a lot of time. Moving companies don't come cheap. And there is a cost, an emotional cost, to the relationship that has been formed between a pastor and his or her people. And that trust and that care that has been fed and watered and and grown, well, that pastor will no longer be there. And it starts all over. I had a woman in... One of my church's first words she said is, I am not going to love you. (laughs) She said, it's just not worth it. Every time I love one of you people, you leave and it hurts. And that's true on both sides. The SPRC must make plans to introduce the new pastor to the congregation and figure out what they can do to make the transition go as smoothly as possible. You have no idea, or maybe you do, of what all happens behind the scenes because it's moving time. Moving time is difficult on pastors and our families. I am 63 years old, and I tried to figure it out one time. I know I've moved more than 25 times. My sister, who's better at math than I am, says it's more than 30. But you do the math. I am sure you can guess my feelings at the very thought of packing up another house. We come to love our people, just like you come to love us. But now it's moving time. Don't get me wrong. We all know what we signed up for. You know it. I know it. We live in an itinerant system. But even so, every pastor in our denomination can relate to something one of my colleagues once said I feel like a healthy tooth being pulled from a healthy mouth and I had no idea it would hurt so much and we have our questions too will the new church be a good fit for us is the congregation open to new ideas and new ministries? Do they really want to grow, or are they just saying that? What ministries have they offered in the past? What is the community like? Where can I get involved? And on and on. All questions that go unanswered mostly until we get to our new appointment. Moving time is also difficult on the cabinet, the very ones who consult with the bishop and each other to make the appointments. They meet for days at a time. They leave hearth and home to pray and cuss and discuss and pray and weep and struggle and pray to do what is right in the sight of God. Who needs to be a near who needs to be near a hospital for a family member? Who has young children who need a good school system? What are the church's needs? What are the church's goals? What are the pastor's gifts? Hours are spent in prayer. It was no accident I kept saying pray and this and this and pray and this and this and and pray. Weeks are spent away from family and friends. They struggle magnificently for Jesus only to hear him He's way too old. We told you. We want a younger person. A lady preacher, you say? Over my dead body. And y'all have had a lady preacher. So-called lady preacher. You know how good they are. Maybe because they have to work twice as hard to have it recognized as such. Then there's the other questions that come up. Most churches seem to want a pastor who is 30 years old and has 40 years of experience. (laughs) And the cabinet meets again, many times again and again to resolve any issues. It's a difficult time because it's moving. On a much grander scale, the same thing was happening to Israel on Samuel's watch as a prophet of God. Samuel hoped, like a lot of dads, that his sons would follow in his footsteps. Unfortunately for Samuel, His two sons were true preachers, kids, in absolutely the worst sense of that description. Instead of seeking justice, they sought bribes. Under their authority, justice was bought and sold and went to the highest bidder. The people came to Samuel and rejected his no-account sons. Give us a king like other nations have, they said. It's time for change. It's moving day in Israel. Moving on day. Moving forward day. Now, who had been leading Israel up to this point? God, through the prophets. So when they come and they say, give us a king, well, instead of God leading them, they are requesting a human king. God had chosen them. God had saved them through Egypt. God made them to be a light to all the nations. In other words, to be very, very special and holy and sacred, and unique. And now they wanted to be just like everybody else. Wanted to fit in. Give us a king. As if the Lord God Almighty isn't enough. Have you ever been there? Where Lord... I'm going to pray for all these other loved ones and their families. Oh, wait, Lord, this is my family, my loved one now. Can I trust you? I've trusted you with others, but that's not very hard. Well, maybe I need to talk to more doctors, or maybe it's easy to say trade human leadership and human advice for godly direction. It was moving time in Israel, moving from prophets to kings, moving from God's leadership to human leadership. Talk about being careful what you pray for because you just might get it. Israel got it. Some of the saddest words are found in the story of the prodigal son and also in what happens here at this moment of time in Israel's history. God turns them over to themselves. God says, okay, you know better than I do. It's yours now. I turn it over to you. I turn you over to yourself. Can you imagine what a desperate place to be in? Do we ever find ourselves wanting to fit in? Not speaking about Jesus because we aren't sure what others might think if we do? Do we praise God in here, but live without God's direction out there? Or the age-old question, if you were accused of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? We are not called to be like everyone else. We are no longer of this world. We are called to be special and holy and unique, a light to the world, a light to Rock Hill, a, a light to the community of behind us, a light to each other. We are not called to be like everyone else. So do what the cabinet does. Pray, because some change might be good for us after all. Amen. know it is God who watches over you. Behold your king and know our God is faithful holy and just. Behold your king and be blessed by our God of such power and love. Behold your king for I know you have been chosen by God. Behold your king Behold your king.